Now, Asia First on CNA 938. First up though, we are going to head to the Middle East where major developments were reported over the weekend, although not much was concrete nor concluded. And Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu presented a plan for the day after in Gaza, which will see Israel retain security control over Palestinian territories. Now, this also involves plans for reconstruction, including settlements in the West Bank, and it will fully demilitarize from Gaza. Well, a temporary government comprising technocrats without links to terrorists will be appointed thereafter. In the meantime, Israel's war cabinet delegation returned from ceasefire negotiations in Paris with optimism. On Saturday, they were headed to Qatar as of Sunday to continue those discussions into the day as well. Stephen Zunes is Professor of Politics at the University of San Francisco, joining us now on Asia First. Professor Zunes, thank you very much for making time for us here in Singapore. Uh, now, let's start with uh, the discussions that are ongoing. Uh, diplomats reportedly saying that Hamas dropped some previous demands uh, although this is yet to be confirmed. Now, how much of the discussions or how much do the discussions show the difficulty in balancing the needs of all parties involved, not just Israel and Hamas, but also the US and other Arab nations? It's obviously very tricky because the uh, Hamas, of course, is demanding that in return for the Israeli hostages that Palestinian prisoners be released and it's a mixture of who these prisoners are. Uh, some of them are indeed terrorists. Uh, others have engaged in, in some forms of violence against Israeli occupation forces, but, uh, but not against civilians. Others are simply uh, nonviolent political prisoners. And so they're sorting uh, out who, who is doing what. But also you know, that uh, uh, Netanyahu is, is, has shown that he's not that interested, frankly, in ending the war. He realizes the sooner the war is over, they'll the elections will likely be out of office. And, and meanwhile, the United States getting the diplomatic fallout for its continued support of Israel in the face of international demands for a ceasefire and domestic pressure uh, for the United States to stop giving a, a blank check uh, to Israel also would like to see the war ended soon. Meanwhile, domestically in Israel, you have the hostages' families and their supporters who are uh, protesting daily against the uh, Netanyahu government's uh, failure to compromise. So there's a lot of pressure going on uh, in all directions. And then I, also I should quickly add, of course, uh, that Qatar and uh, the Arab states are trying to press Hamas as well from, from the other direction. But analysts do believe that the deal may have a chance of going through if Benjamin Netanyahu remains quiet on the matter, unlike in previous instances. How true do you think this is? It's really hard to, to predict, but uh, the humanitarian situation there is just so awful. I mean, in addition to uh, you know, close to 25,000 civilian deaths, the, the, the fact that Israel is planning uh, a, a major assault on uh, Rafa, where you have over uh, uh, 1.2 million people squeezed in that tiny area, and with no way to escape, you know, has made it so that uh, you know there, you know that, that uh, there is a lot of lot of concern about that this simply cannot come, come uh, continue up to now. Uh, while while President Biden, who's really the only person who really has leverage on Israel at this point has warned against such an assault and has been critical of Israel's indiscriminate bombing. He's been, uh, he has refused to apply any tangible pressure, hoping that just persuasion will do. 
It is possible that behind the scenes, uh, Biden really is threatening some direct action. But frankly, until he he does, I don't think uh, I really I'm somewhat skeptical that Netanyahu is going to agree to any kind of compromise. Is this a sign of Netanyahu's continued defiance? I, I think so. I think we'd be much closer to uh, to an agreement, or I think we would would uh, would would be uh, would be so now if there wasn't for this um, uh, this pressure. But mm. uh, the the frustrating thing for a lot of people is that, including uh, according to various leaked reports, uh, high people within the Biden administration itself. Uh, is that Biden really appears to think that uh, he can make progress uh, basically through uh, uh, Netanyahu's good graces, that his his unconditional you know, support uh, the United Nations with the vetoes and the massive uh, arms shipments and things like that uh, would would be enough to persuade uh, Netanyahu to take to have a more rational, more moderate uh, policy. But uh, given Netanyahu's history, uh, there, there are many people who are rather, rather skeptical of this approach. And Netanyahu's plan also involves Palestinian technocrats. They have no links to terrorists uh, to run the enclave. It has no mention of the Palestinian Authority, which the U.S. has urged for. But in truth, is there a strong presence of a Palestinian political elite to, uh, who are able to govern the enclave? Well, there's certainly many well-qualified uh, you know, Palestinians who could take on administrative uh, responsibilities uh, the, the the problem, though, is that uh, from the sounds of it, uh, what Netanyahu has in mind is basically a, 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 an entity where the Israelis would have enormous amount of control, not just on security matters, but he's even talked about Israeli effectively uh, um, overseeing the curriculum you know, for the schools. Uh, they would make it impossible for Palestinians to go anywhere by 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 sea, by air or through Egypt. Only through uh, Israel, where they have been, they have rarely allowed Palestinians to 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 uh, to go through at all, and so in in many ways, it's a situation that even the most moderate Palestinians uh, would have trouble uh, working with because it would be seen as as collaboration with what would still uh, be a, a de facto military occupation. Uh, Professor Zunis, senior Palestinian Authority officials have voiced concern that Hamas will actually agree. To this suggestion, would this then render the PA redundant? Then, well, the PA has uh, been losing credibility in many respects uh, among the Palestinians, not just because of the corruption, not just uh, because of their refusal to to have elections for quite a few years, uh, but they are seeing more and more by Palestinians, again, even moderate ones, as essentially being jailers in their own prison you know, by uh, allowing Israel to have these uh, periodic uh, raids uh, into the uh, PA-controlled areas, and the fact that Israel still controls most of the land in the West Bank, making it impossible for Palestinians to go from one city uh, to the other without going through a, a labyrinth of uh, checkpoints and detours and, and, and that kind of thing. And so the, uh, the, the Palestinian Authority is desperate to try to, to, do, to find some way in which they could um, assert their... Um, you know, you know, their authority in, in some way and get more outside support from the United States, the Europeans and elsewhere. But frankly, I'm skeptical that the ha Hamas would agree uh, to uh, to the anything close to what the uh, Israeli proposal has been so far. Uh, Professor Zunas, UN experts are calling for an arms embargo against Israel. Do they have a strong case? I mean, considering the view is that Israel is fighting terrorists at its doorstep. 
Well, certainly fighting terrorism is legitimate for any nation. But uh, as we have seen, 80% of the casualties have been that of innocent civilians. Uh, Israel has been committing uh, major war crimes. The International Court of Justice and the near unanimous ruling uh, recognize that these uh, uh, plausibly actually uh, violate the genocide treaty. I should quickly add, though, that uh, Israel is not the only country that's committed war crimes. We saw just just a, uh, fairly recently um, Saudi Arabia was uh, bombing uh, 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 civilian targets in, in Yemen, also with tens of thousands of casualties. Uh, Syria, of course, uh, during the past decades, engaged in war crimes uh, and, and bombing its cities. So Israel is not unique in that regard. Uh, at the same time, the United States has, has little credibility, I believe, in speaking out against uh, Syrian war crimes or, or Russian war crimes in Ukraine, as long as it provides unconditional uh, military aid uh, to, to Israel. And so both on a humanitarian level, but I think also just in terms of the uh, uh, credibility of the United States and uh, uh, in, in terms of holding international humanitarian law, uh, that uh, as long as uh, Israel's uh, uh, strategic uh, uh, manner of conducting this war uh, is primarily against the, the people of Gaza Strip, the vast majority of whom do not support uh, Hamas. There, I think there's quite le legitimate uh, quite legitimate grounds in challenging uh, these arms transfers to Israel or any country uh, which engages in such gross and systematic violations of international humanitarian law. Uh, more than four months into the war, Professor Zunas, Israel's key allies moved from gentle prodding to slapping sanctions on violent West Bank settlers and even pushing a UN Security Council resolution for a ceasefire, as you noted in the earlier part of the conversation. Now, to what end would further international pressure have an, have an effect on Netanyahu, given how Israelis on the ground are beginning to show contempt towards him? I think it would actually encourage the opposition. And I think that the um, what we've seen historically is that in the rare times in the past when the United States has uh, put some pressure on Israel, it has encouraged the uh, moderate forces because a lot of Israelis will continue to support Netanyahu as long as they believe he can get away with it. But uh, as soon as they find that there is a um, political or economic cost to continuing these policies, uh, they they would be more willing to to challenge it. And so this really does seem like an important time for the United States to end its isolation in the international community and join with others. And again, reiterating rights, Israel's right to self-defense, but to, to challenge the, 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 uh, these, these, these violations of international legal norms and its assault on the civilian population and civilian infrastructure of, of the Gaza Strip. All important activity, especially as the U.S. is facing elections later this year. Professor Zunas, thank you very much. Your insights have been valuable to this conversation. We hope to have you back on the show in due course. You have a good day. 